Well, happy Palm Sunday to everyone. We were talking with our kids a little bit about it, reading this morning. There we go. So, this morning, get to talk about a, a fun topic, Christians and the subject of debt. Let me just ask you before we jump into that, we'll open in prayer. Who should we owe money? Who should we owe something to? No one. We shouldn't owe anyone anything but the Lord. Two of our more seasoned saints gave those responses, so it's good for us to learn from them. Let's go ahead and open in prayer. Father, we thank you for the time we have to worship you this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can learn from your word so much. Oftentimes when we open up your word to read it or to look at look at it, especially as I was doing this morning, this week, to study, to look at, to teach. Lord, it's it's as if we've either barely scratched the surface or never even considered in the way when we read your word. Lord, it's as if we've read that verse for the first time, and yet we know we've read it many times. And Lord, we are thankful for the depth of the riches of your word. Lord, there, it's like a well with not the first not the first bucket of water coming out of it. Maybe it's the 10 millionth bucket of water that we're pulling out of it, and yet it's so fresh and so refreshing and, and new. So, Lord, we thank you that your word is so deep and so rich. May we learn from it this morning. And, Lord, may we be reminded of truths. And may we pass those truths on, Lord, not just to hold on to them, but to apply them to our own lives and to pass them on to our children, to our grandchildren, to those in Sunday school, to those around us, to our friends, to our neighbors. Lord, may we be known as believers. May we be known as those who have wisdom and wisdom that comes from your word. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, Christians in the subject of debt, a biblical theology of material possessions. That's the name of the book, a biblical theology of material possessions. If any of you want to uh, read a, 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 a book that I have found very encouraging and insightful and true, obviously not perfect, it's not God's word, but true, that's a, it's, it's a neat book. It causes you to think a lot, and that's what this whole uh, series has been on over the last number of weeks. So we got a few points before we break up into small groups. We might, we might only do two or three small groups with just a few of us this morning. Uh, so these are some pretty practical points this morning. Christians who owe people money or goods should most of the time pay what they owe. Right? Romans 13.8, someone, it's up there on the board, who wants to read that for me? Romans 13.8, owe no one anything except to love each other. So what are we supposed to owe one another? Love. 
For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. There are times that arise out of our control, like economic crisis. However, being a wise and conservative planner, a saver rather than a spender, is keeping with biblical principles. So, does the Bible say you're to never borrow anything? No, it doesn't. I was going over, as I was going over my notes this morning, I sat down to talk with my kids a little bit about just uh, I'm thinking about. We went over a few things. We went over a house. I said, all right, how many, how many are there? There's, there's six of us. How many houses do we live in? One. All right. And I was trying to teach them the value and borrowing and things like this. And Hudson, I don't know if he's learning it from, from Sylvia in sixth grade or something, but he went and got his binder to talk about interest and stuff like that. And I said, okay, how many cars do we have? We've got one house that we live in. Well, we've got four cars. I said, all right, we're talking what's more valuable, what goes up and down. How many purses do we have in the house? Just as an example of something. Well, more than I'd be embarrassed to tell you, but more than four cars. And how many pairs of shoes do we have between the six of us? Now, you know, none of the boys have purses, only mom and Reese, but then pairs of shoes, oh my goodness. So, you know, too many. Let's say 30 pairs of shoes and 20 purses and four cars and one house. So we just kind of Houses can go up in value, start to talk about, do we want to borrow, do we want to, what do we want to owe, things like that. It was kind of, it was a very fun and practical discussion. What are we supposed to owe one another as brothers and sisters? We're supposed to owe one another love. That's what we're supposed to owe. So hopefully we're going to learn a little bit more on these next points about how you can, how do you love others? Is it a proverb where it says, uh, I can't remember if it's a proverb now or if it was Jesus, you know, when a brother comes and asks you something, you say, hey, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you have something with which you can give them and you don't give it to them. Or maybe you don't have that something because you haven't planned properly yourself. So there are times of crisis where that come up that are unexpected, right? And those you, you can plan a little bit for, but when it's a true crisis, almost nobody can plan unless those who have a lot of wisdom, who have been very prudent with their resources. Those are the believers that we want to be so that we can share with those in crisis. But we as believers should be characterized as people who do not owe others money, uh, owe money especially or goods that are past due. Point number two, Christians must never take economic advantage of poor people, whether Christians or non-Christians. We want to be characterized as that Exodus twenty two twenty five. If you lend money to any of my people among you who is needy, you shall not be like a moneylender to lend moneylender to him, and you shall not exact interest from him. Tell me how you guys practically apply that verse. What does that mean? Give me some ideas. exactly right. Our heart in giving to a brother in need is to give before you give to him. If you can't give as if you're not going to receive back, 
then you want to be careful not to give because what happens if something comes up when they can't give back? You don't want to have a whip over them of, why aren't you giving back? Why aren't you, I, I need that. That's a foolish decision for you to make for your family. But if you can give joyfully and have the resources to lend with no interest, what about if, you, uh, if you're setting up a business as a bank? Is it okay to charge people interest in those, in those terms? If you're lending money as a business endeavor? Yes? No? Yes. Yes, it is. It is, but this is talking about taking advantage of poor people, um, of taking advantage of those who are needy, who come to you, especially within the church, but even without, even from um, outside of the church. We want to make sure that we are not... um, Charging exorbitant. When I when I started to read this principle, it made me think of like uh, the used used car lots. And I remember talking to a guy in the last couple of years, and he was telling me kind of how it works. They'll charge fifteen, twenty, twenty five, thirty percent interest on these things. And the car might cost like three grand, but over three four years, they're double, tripling their money on people who have bad credit or this or that. It's a it was interesting as soon as I saw this. Instead of, instead of charging them way more, we are to charge them less. But we want to make sure that our hearts, even before we do that, are prepared to make that a gift in the, t- in the case that they can't repay it back. Even at the time you give it, it's just, hey, I, I, I'm lending this to you. you know, they come, hey, can I borrow some money? You know, what's it for? You want to use those opportunities as well when someone asks you to borrow money to give them counsel if you can. And we'll look at another principle that we are to have counsel. Christians who obey God's word will be able not only to meet their own economic needs, but to help others who are in need. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-one: the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So we want to be willing and ready to be able to give joyfully and to give generously. That's the one principle throughout scripture that I know that we've all heard of many times because that's that's really the, what the Lord, overarching theme of the Lord in our giving is to give joyfully. He doesn't have percentages in Scripture. The last few weeks as we were doing the building campaign, you didn't hear, here's what you need to be planning to give, right? You give whatever the Lord puts on your heart as you worship Him, as you grow in your love for the Lord. It is joyful to give. It is a blessing to give. So Christian who obey God's word, we want to be able to have our own houses in order so much so that when a need arises, does anyone know when the next need is going to arise within our church? We don't, right? We just want to be prepared. Does anyone know when the Lord's going to return? Soon, right? It's getting closer, but we don't know, but we want to be prepared, right? We want to be walking in a manner worthy Christians must set the example of being gracious to people who've borrowed money with good intentions and then have faced crisis beyond their control that has made it difficult for them to make their loan payments on time. Deuteronomy 15, 1-3. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment for, from a foreigner, but you must cancel any debt your brother owes you. 
Now, the law is not in effect today, where every seven years they don't till their land, they let it rest, and forgiving the debts. But that same principle, we want to be gracious to those who've borrowed money with good intentions as much as we can deem. And another principle, judge not lest you be judged, right? We don't want to be coming down on someone else. We want to be gracious with others. Why? Because we need the Lord to be gracious with us, don't we? So when you borrow, when you lend money, and notice I say when you lend money, we want to be prepared to be able to do that, right? That is what Scripture is telling us, that we want to have our house in order so that we can be able to help a brother or sister. In Acts 2, it talked about the first church, and what did it say that they were doing? How were they being a witness? Having all things in common. That they were being willing to give, willing to sell, and not just willing, but they were doing it to anyone who had need within the church, that they were, they were doing that. They were taking care of each other. What kind of church does that, does that sound like a vibrant church? Does that sound like a, a live church? So the question that we have is we gather resources. How many of you are in the business of gathering resources? Anyone? I think most everyone, right? That's what we work for. That's what we worked our whole lives for. Maybe you're in retirement and you've saved for that, but you're still trying to have wisdom with those resources, right? We're trying to multiply them. That's what Scripture would also tell us, is that it is wise to try to do so. So as we do that, why are, what are we multiplying? What's the reason that we're doing that? Just for our own benefit? As long as I have everything I want and everything I need, and then I can be a part of this church and I can be vibrant and live an amazing life. Maybe there's people who struggle, but that's okay, as long as I'm being wise with my money or... Does that sound like an exciting church to be part of, or the church to be part of, or is it when we are giving everything in need to help a brother, to help a sister? And yet you'll, you won't find anywhere in Scripture where it talks about there's going to be equal, equal equality, and yet you're giving so that everyone does not have need. So we want to be ready within our own, within our own economic or financial homes to be ready to give, to be ready to share, to to be ready to bless each other. And if we loan and someone can't repay, that we are gracious with them, and we can even turn that into a gift. Before Christians borrow money for any purpose, they should consider all the circumstances and seek wisdom from others who can help them evaluate all aspects of the decision, including the risks involved. Proverbs 22.7, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Servant is actually would be better translated slave, right? The borrower is slave to the lender when he borrows from. So before you go to the store, do you need to ask Pastor Steve about what you should buy? There's some sarcasm in there, but there's some truth in there as well. Is that what sarcasm is? There's always a little bit of truth in there, maybe. I'm not sure. No, but we want to have wisdom, right, to what we should buy. 
We'd like to have wisdom. And the bigger the bill that you're looking at buying, you might think in your head just the more counsel you should receive. Is this a wise decision? Here's here's what I have. Here's what I'm considering doing. Here's the reason I'm considering doing that. Does that sound wise to someone else? To someone you respect? To someone within the church? So, the Lord has given us elders, a pastor, elders, deacons, other people in the church that, uh, that work in finance, that work in money, that, that work in just taking care of their home. They don't even have to work in finance. We're all in the business of working in finance and money, right? We all have bills to pay. We all have lives to, mouths to feed. So we have counselors all around us. And I would say another, another way we need to have our lives in order is we need to know Scripture so that when someone comes to you to receive counsel, to ask you for counsel, that you have somewhere to turn that can practically point them to a, to a Scripture, to a number of passages to say, here's what the Bible has to say about money. Here's what you can practically do, and here's why. Christians who guarantee another person's loan based upon their own assets should also make sure they are able to repay the loan without replacing themselves, I'm sorry, without placing themselves in a position where they cannot meet other financial obligations, including their indebtedness to the Lord. So Proverbs 22, 26, and 27, Do not be a man who strikes hands and pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay your very bed will be snatched from under you. So before we go borrow, or before we write down or guarantee someone else's loan, we want to make sure that we have considered also carefully. So it's not just when you're the borrower that you want to consider whether you can repay, but it's also when you're the lender, if you're guaranteeing, or when you're not the lender, when you're guaranteeing someone else's loan. You, almost need to, you really need to consider yourself is lending that money. Can I, can I do this? Otherwise, I, am, I shouldn't be guaranteeing anything, right? We want to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Not just go sit down and look at a circumstance. Well, this guy looks like he can pay for it. I'll go ahead and guarantee it. He doesn't really need me. Well, you're signing your name on that line to guarantee that loan. You better make sure that you can pay for it without any of his help. Because if something should ever happen to him, what? who's on the hook? You. Whose name do you represent? The Lord's. A few years ago, there was the economic crisis, right? 2008. I was trying to talk to our kids about it. And I said, man, it was like the worst crisis in 80 years. You know, they have no idea what that means. Or, you know, like, Dad, wasn't that a couple years ago? I remember a couple people at our church lost their jobs. I said, no, no, that was just when oil went down a little bit. This was when oil and the stock market and the real estate market and, like, everything worth anything, went down in value, right? So it was a really tough time. It was hard for everyone. People lost a lot. I remember hearing the story of a friend who had bought some real estate, and he was in a profession where his profession was fine. Worked for the government. He didn't lose his job. His paycheck was the same. And he went into go ahead and 
let an investment go because he could because everyone else was doing it. And I remember going to chat with him to say, brother, I heard that you're considering doing this. He doesn't attend this church. But I want to encourage you to, to consider not doing that just because everyone else is letting it go because it's okay. You sign the line. Your paycheck's fine. I understand that investment goes up and down. But you sign that you would guarantee to pay that. We want to make sure that we consider carefully the things that we write our names on that we count because we represent Christ. And I, I just remember saying, like, what kind of witness would it be if you went back now, because he had already taken a step towards doing that, said, you know what, I'm going to take that back. I can pay this, even though it's worth 100 and I owe 200 on it now. Uh, I made a mistake, and I shouldn't do that. What kind of witness would that be? What kind of example would that be? I'm a Christian, and I shouldn't do that. That's what we want to be. We want to be, hey, there's temptation in the world, right? There's temptation to use sometimes the laws that can come in our favor or the things because everyone else is doing it. We want to obey our biblical principles. Christians are out of God's will when they knowingly borrow money that they cannot pay back according to a predetermined agreement. Back to that first verse we went over, Romans 13, 8. Oh, no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. That's what we're to owe someone. Are we being deceiving if we borrow money knowing we can't pay it back? Absolutely we are. A lot bigger, a lot bigger issues there. I think that's a pretty, pretty simple one. How many people want to do the will of God? We all do, right? We all want to do God's will, and sometimes we go, well, I can't, well, I don't know what it is. Well, we've got to open up his word, and we can find it. It's pretty clear. Christians are out of God's will when they cannot give God the first fruits of their income because they've obligated themselves to pay off debts. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Proverbs 3, nine. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. 1 Corinthians 16.2. Which day of the week are you supposed to set aside your money? What does that say? On the first day. On the questions at the end here, you'll see it. it just Even the words that they use, is you just slowly consider them. The first fruits. What do you guys eat? You know, when you cook a meal, everyone, you cook dinner, and then the rest of the week, what do you get to eat? Leftovers, Right? The first fruits is when you make this big, wonderful meal. Hey, here's my, it's Thanksgiving, wonderful, fresh meal. How many people eat leftovers for their Thanksgiving dinner, the main one? You know, we had some ham sandwiches last night. Well, let's, let's go ahead and pull those out. No, right? We, we make the first fruits. That should be our attitude towards the Lord. Why? Because we're so thankful for what the Lord has given us. The leftovers are still, they still nourish us, right? And they're still okay. But the excitement and the joy is not there from the Thanksgiving meal that we prepare. So we want to be able to give first to the Lord. We have a church that does this very faithfully, that is very generous, which we can rejoice in the Lord for. And we want to continue to set those examples and to do that and to be teaching our children how to do that. That's what comes first, honoring the Lord with everything he's given us. So... For the next uh, little bit, I put five questions on here. Do you owe anyone 
money that you should not or that you should be paying back faster. Biblical principle. If, you, if someone comes and asks for something, you know, hey, you, you owe me some money, you say, oh, go come back tomorrow, I'll give it to you. Should we not give it to him then? We should. We should give it to him. If we borrowed money and yet we're going about, hey, here's kind of, I could be giving it to you faster, but I want to enjoy my life over here a little bit more. Should we not come and give back a little faster to them that we've borrowed money? Question number two, are you taking advantage of any less fortunate and or charging interest? Are we taking advantage of anyone that we need to change? Number three, are you in? Are you able to respond to opportunities to help others when the need arises because your financial house is in order? If not, what do you practically need to do? Number four, do you regularly seek counsel from others before making a financial decision? And number five, do you give from the first fruits of God's providence for you or from the leftovers? As we look at these, really, that's my question. If not, like I told you about that brother, we, we all are sinners. We already know that. That's why we're at the hospital right here, right? Where we come, come to the doctor who saves eternally, who heals eternally, wholly, completely, by forgiveness of our sins. What do we need to do? And what's the most loving thing you can do to a brother or sister who might be doing this and not knowingly? You go to them in humility, in love, knowing that you, too, that we all are sinners. How do we humbly go? How do we go to ourselves and say, you know what? Or go to that person and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I've been doing this, and I want to apologize. I'm going to make a change. What kind of witness is that? So these are all principles that, Lord willing, we can both apply to future transactions, but also to also ones that we already had, that we already have, of how do we serve, how do we be that Acts 2 church where we have everything in need, where we are saving, where we, where we are spending um, only what is appropriate so that we're able to give, so that we can be excited to give. I, I, I know with the age of all of us in here that we already know it is much more joyful to give, right? When you're able to bless someone rather than you get, you've been waiting to get this new TV or new purse, or new car, or whatever. It's never as good as it as you thought it was, right? It's like the little kid going to Disneyland. Man, I'm going to Disneyland next month for my birthday. I'm going to Disneyland. And you get there, and man, the lines are like a mile long. I thought I was going to go on like 100 rides today, but we could only fit eight into it because the line was hot. The churros were $14 instead of two. I thought they were free at Disneyland. I thought the world, right? Nothing's ever as good, but what is as good is when we're able to give and we're able to bless others. So let's go ahead and close in prayer, and we'll break into whatever, three different groups or so. Father, we thank you that we can be reminded from different scriptures about what we are to owe each other. Lord, it says we're to owe each other love. Father, in order to love one another in the way that you've called us to, which, Lord, with you as our example, it's sacrificial love. Father, we, we have to sacrifice. 
We have to look. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready. So, Lord, I pray that you would remind us, encourage us, convict us, Lord, in the areas that we need to be convicted, in the areas we need to be encouraged. May our discussions to you this morning bring glory to you. In your name we pray, amen. So why don't we do uh, three groups? Is that good? We can do one back in the back there. Um, We can do... I'll let you guys figure it out. Let's do one in the back, one here in the middle. Chad, you want to go somewhere? And then uh, I can lead one also up here, kind of up in this area. Thank you.